Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is September 20th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Patrick Sandoval, five innings, two and runs, five hits, three walks in, seven strikeouts. He had a curveball working yesterday. That was pretty cool. And the slider and curveball both combined for 92% strikes. Oh, that's cool. And the changeup worked. See, there you go, Patrick Sandoval. I know, I know. This was eight base runners, so you had a 1.6 whip. Not what you wanted in that regard. But five innings and 200 runs and seven Ks. I mean, this is this is the Patrick Sandoval I actually would take moving forward. 12 out of 12 strikes on the slider is kind of insane. So that's awesome. However, he gets one more start the rest of the year, and it's against the Rangers. So I don't want to do it, but I just want to say, hey, that was pretty cool with Patrick Sandoval. And uh, I hope that you, I don't know, that's three secondaries as opposed to two um, and that might actually be something moving forward that you really lean on. Uh, Blake Snell ace is going to ace, got a golden goal. This was the Blake Snell blueprint, which was insane. I mean, really, the curveball, four, sorry, 12 out of 30, uh, 38 curveball whiffs down. They were so good. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. He's also sitting 97 on his four-seamer, not like 95, 97. 23 whiffs, 40% CSW. 10 strikeouts, uh, four walks. And, and the thing is, the, the walks, it's so funny. Everyone cares so much about the walks with Blake Snell, and it's zero hits. He doesn't allow hits. It is a skill to not give in and be so hard to hit that it's tough to be passive and disciplined as a hitter to not go after it. I mean, it's it's wild to me how this is not recognized with Blake Snell. And everyone wants to quote FIP and say, well, there you go. That is why Blake Snell is not as good of a pitcher, suggesting that he does not have skills as a hit suppressor. It's crazy to me. And Phil, by the way, is saying hits all equal, whatever, you should be allowing more hits. And if you allow walks, and that's very bad. You know, I, I think I saw a tweet that was like, we're going to allow someone with a five walk per nine win the Cy Young. And I say yes, because they don't score runs. Okay. Braxton Garrett against the Mets. Six innings, zero runs, five hits, zero walks, and seven strikeouts. Against the Mets, uh, 8 over 26 whiffs on the slider. We love this. I wouldn't say that the sinker and the cutter are that great. He'll get the Mets a second time and then get the Pirates. So I think we're fine with Braxton Garrett. This was a bit of a peak given what he was throwing. But I think we're still cool with this. Uh, Ryan Fellner, really nice story here. Coming back from a scary comebacker. Um, that he uh, that he suffered uh, a fractured skull. I even I feel horrible saying that term. Even four months in the IL, came back to start in this one. And here's a gold star. Five innings, zero runs against the Padres is so cool. So that's awesome. You don't want to go with them in fantasy, but I just want to give him a huge shout out there. Uh, Kenta Maeda against the Reds. Five innings, zero runs, one hit, one walk, and eight strikeouts in Cincinnati. You love to see it. He gets Oakland next. We're good there. Alec Marsh was opened for 4.1 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 2 Ks. I'm so sorry, Eric Samolski. I know we want it to work, but no. He just doesn't have that uh, 
he just doesn't have a good enough repertoire to me. Uh, Miguel Diaz uh, opened for a bullpen game for the Tigers, so we move on. Jose Areña, six innings, one earned run, four hits, zero walks, and four Ks. Didn't get the win. This was the Nationals. The Nationals are just so bad right now. Um, and it was cool, though, that to see it. sinkers and changeups were down, and it allowed him to go six innings on just 70 pitches because of that 37% CSW. That's really cool. But yeah, if you start a Jose Urania bone load of trouble, you know this. You can't you can't rely on it. Think of like uh, Julio Teheran. Teheran, I should say. I'm so sorry. Uh, from early in the season. Yeah, that's it's kind of similar in that way. We don't want to do this with Urania. Uh, Taj Bradley was our stream pick of the day, and it worked out against the Angels. Five innings, one earned run, three hits, one walk, and six Ks. You showed up for the strikeouts. You got them. You didn't get the win, unfortunately, but you got good ratios. Look at this. And why? He's throwing a new cutter. It's going a lot harder. We're talking like three ticks harder and less vertical movement and allowed him to get the top of the zone and just be better throwing strikes with it. 76% strikes. Cannibal McSanchez here with that high cutter. And then you have the curve going down and the and the fastball uh, on the fastball just being around, which is all you want. You just want the fastball to be up and in the zone um, and above it, of course. Now, he didn't have the best curveball here. Changeup is fine. But having that cutter is everything uh, to get strikes when the curveball isn't really that reliable. So I'm very curious about it. However, Taj Bradley gets the Jays next, and this was the Angels. So I don't really want to go after that one. Uh, Javier Assad against Pittsburgh. Five innings, one and run, five hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts. So we were really worried that the cutter would not return. It was two straight starts of the cutter not being there. Clearly it did, right? Well, not really. 11 over 22 strikes on it is not it. That's a 50% strike rate. I want to see like a 65-70% rate. And he was throwing it arm side as opposed to glove side, which is where he normally throws it. Obviously, there were some lefties involved there, sure. But I don't know. He, he threw good sliders. Sliders really made up for it here, which is nice. I don't know if I buy into that. And a lot of the sinkers landed for called strikes. So he does get uh, Rocky Road next. And I think that that's fine, but it's not as exciting as I wanted it to be. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi won five innings, one run, four hits, one walk, and seven Ks. Got the win against the Yankees. Everything seems fine. There was some concern about the Yankees being really good against lefties, and Kikuchi's just that good. He's fine. He also left early in this one. He wouldn't have gone to sixth inning, but he had neck cramps, only 82 pitches, because apparently he only got, quote, 11 hours of sleep. Yes, only. He normally gets 13 to 14, 11 p.m. to 1 p.m., which is kind of strange when, like, wait, don't games end at, like, 10.30? <laughs> anyway, that's apparently what he does, and that's hilarious and incredible. I understand the power of sleep, don't get me wrong, but, uh, wow. Uh, maybe that's only for starts before he goes or something? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, Yusei Kikuchi, we just keep going with him, obviously. Fernando Cruz opened for, well, and three others opened for Ben Lively, like, the... It's the headliner of Ben Lively, where it's just like they play four songs and they're gone, right? So, yeah, no thanks there. Um, Caleb Ferguson opened for Ryan Pepio, who did his thing. Six innings, one earned run, five hits, one walk, and four Ks. But no win, as the Dodgers had to score in the ninth to win. So, good stuff for Pepio, though, and uh, we're going to keep rolling with him. Uh, Jackson Rutledge finally got his good start. 6.1 innings of two earned runs, six hits, one walk, two Ks. New kid on the block. Um, he didn't have a bunch of hits. Only six, and oh, I should have put that in the roundup. Um, but <laughs> but Rutledge isn't someone to chase. It was against the Nationals, against the White Sox. Uh, for the Nationals, against the White Sox, I should 
it's the same. I'm happy he got that good thing. It's, it's, it's really important for a young starter to get just one game where it goes well for you. So you at least feel like you belong for a second. And then all of a sudden we can really see them shaping uh, to what they should be as they have confidence again. Joey Lucchese against the Marlins did well. 5.2 innings of two and runs. Six hits, two walks, and five strikeouts. His sinker command was insane. I mean, last start, if you remember, he got through it with 17 balls in play on the sinker and them all finding gloves. He did for the most part again here. Lots of called strikes, 26% rate of that. But the location was just all around the edge. I mean, really amazing. Arm side um, along the outside corner. So that was a way to right-handers and inside to left-handers. And then down a ton. And I talk about the seven when it comes to four-seamers. That is... Um, especially with the lefties, I see this all the time, where it's four seamers upstairs and then inside to right-handers. So that's the seven that you're seeing. If you're looking at the plate from the pitcher perspective, that makes a seven, right? You go along the top and the right side of the strike zone. This is the L to me. So if you're a lefty and you're throwing sinkers and you want the arm side uh, location of the plate and then underneath. And that makes sense to me. I mean, that's really good. But against right-handers, I just think that that's not that great. You know, I don't like sinkers away to right-handers. I I generally don't think that's a good pitch. So, I don't know. I don't think Joey Lucchese does enough where the churve and the, uh, I guess that's the changeup in the churve? I think that sounds right. Uh, no, the cutter in the churve. I was like, right, he doesn't have a changeup and a curve separate. It's the cutter in the in the churve because it's a curveball that he throws with a circle change grip. Uh, those were not very good. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say with Joey Lucchese. So, it's really relying on a sinker to do... Two things. One, have incredible command. And two, then also have a favorable BABIP. And honestly, this was eight base runners in just under six innings, which is not a good whip. So, not necessarily something something I want to chase uh, for Joey Lucchese. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of other guys. Uh, Paul Blackburn, but Luis Castillo is in here. We have Spencer Strider, Nathan Uvalde, uh, Christopher Sanchez. What are we going to do with all these guys? We're going to talk about all of them after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Paul Blackburn against the Mariners, five innings, two hundred runs, four hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. That's awesome. I didn't really think that Paul Blackburn was going to do well. I saw him at the bottom of uh, the bottom tier, the top of do not start, and I was tempted to put him at the bottom of question, but I thought, you know what, there's not too much of a ceiling, and this isn't the highest thing ever. He got a loss here in five innings, but it's a fine 360 array and a one whip and four Ks, and that's cool. And now he gets the Twins. If the that is if the uh, six man holds up for the athletics, so I guess I'll put him at the bottom of questionable start there. Maybe that works. Um, you should probably get one good start 
by the end of the year. Uh, Luis Castillo got had a careful Icarus as he was six shutdown, then allowed two more runs in the seventh inning very quickly, and then got out of it. That's nice. He gets Houston and Texas next, and hopefully he can maintain this production uh, across that. There's a chance he gets the Cy Young if Garrett Cole really flounders in the next two starts for uh, we'll see. I mean, we've, we just saw Justin Steele essentially get eliminated from the Cy Young, so oh, we'll see. Uh, Tanner Houck against the Rangers. It breaks a Wasker, you know, a rule, right? Four innings, two hundred runs, three hits, four walks, four Ks. That was across 89 pitches because all he has is a slider. He gets the Raisin Orioles next. I don't want to go for that. Bailey Falter went one inning, and then we got four and runs and six innings of Quinn Priester after. Like, what? Okay, I guess. Why, why do you want Quinn Priester to go six and Bailey Falter to go one? I don't understand. But okay, Pirates, you do you. Trevor McGill opened for Colin Ray, who went 4.2 innings, one and run, three hits, three walks, and two Ks with a win. He did exactly what you wanted. Getting a sneaky win while having an opener. Congrats, Colin Ray. You did the thing. And I don't really like what you do. <laughs> so if you want to be a, you know, want a vulture win again moving forward with Colin Ray, maybe. But I'm not going to play that game. Spencer Strider against the Phils, seven innings of 300 runs with 11 strikeouts, and it's insane. He's going to break all these records of most strikeouts in a season for ages, but the ERA is bad. It is, and it's annoying, but I mean, yeah, he still has to be one because it shouldn't be as high as it is, you know? Uh, fastballs and sliders are just both elite, and there you go. Um, SP1, Nathan Evaldi against the Red Sox, five innings, 300 runs, four hits, three walks into three. Strikeouts, a 93.6 mile per hour heater. He needed 82 pitches to go five, and I had him in questionable because I thought he would be able to go five, and he did. But boy, is this just a grind for Nathan Evaldi right now. Three whiffs, a 17% CSW, bad ratios, no win. So the only thing you got here was three strikeouts from Evaldi. That's it to salvage from this one. And now we get the Angels. Oh, gosh. All right, that could be like a six-inning, two-earned run, seven base runners, two-strikeout game. Ugh. Okay. Kyle Gibson against the Astros. He's a cherry bomb, and what do you know? Didn't do well against a good offense, but then again, he's always done well against good offenses and didn't really hear. He gets the Nationals next. That's a coin flip. Good luck. Do whatever you want. Christopher Sanchez got Atlanta a second time, and yeah, it didn't go as well because he tried to do everything again with the changeup, and the changeup wasn't as good, especially with a sub-50% strike rate. That's not going to work out. However, he does get the Mets twice in the year, and considering this, that those offenses are not the same, as Atlanta, and those offenses, just about one offense of the Mets. Yeah, I'm fine with Christopher Sanchez. That's all I should say. I don't know why I'm doing these ridiculous sentences. Zach Gallon against the Giants did not do nearly as well. He was in the Blakestone blueprint, which is cool. And he allowed three hits on fastballs upstairs and three hits on really good breaking balls down. He allowed a home run and a really good curveball. I don't know. Like, it's weird, and that's baseball. Like, it's because it's your fantasy playoffs. It's just not working right now. You keep starting Zach Allen. He's not cooked or tired or exhausted. None of that. Clark Schmidt against the Jays. Five innings, four runs. Unfortunate. This is two straight bad starts, but it was at Fenway, and this was the Jays. And I do think he did generally well. And he gets the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm going with that. That's going to be a probable start for me. Logan Allen against the Royals was not good. Three innings, four runs, eight hits, two walks, and one strikeout. How am I supposed to butter my bread with this? You know, I should have listened to PLV. Uh, We have it internally right now. So you guys are going to be annoyed because it's a black box. You're like, I can't verify this whatsoever, and that's fine. Um, we have our stat hitter performance. If you guys don't know what that is, essentially, based on the pitches that you see as a hitter, are you doing better against them or worse? It's pretty much saying, 
if you are an average hitter, you are just going to have the average results, the expected results of the of these pitches in these certain situations. And if you are doing more, if you're getting more hits against them, or if you're doing worse against them when we think it's a meatball and you didn't do anything about it, it's a positive or negative, right? The Royals as an offense against left-handed bat pitchers in the top 14, last two weeks, I want to say, are elite. <laughs> and I saw that. I was like, ah, no. And what do you know, Logan Allen as a lefty? Yeah, the Royals killed it. So maybe I should be taking that into account for the Royals moving forward. I don't know. But uh, Logan Allen, he is a Toby. He gets the Reds next outside of Cincy. I feel like you do it. He's a Toby. So there you go. Drew Rom had this great start last time and didn't do well against the Brewers because he had the 90, 91 mile per hour fastball. I just don't really think it's that good. And just I don't want to go for it. Uh, Alex Cobb's season might be over because he left this one with with that hip just being too much for him. 52 pitches, five earned runs, five hits. He just had two walk, uh, two whiffs, and one walk and one strikeout. Yeah, this is we didn't really want to go for Alex Cobb because of the splitter not being there and the hip injury and everything like that. And yeah, move on. Um, I'm curious to see if he becomes a very deep 15 teamer play next year, but we'll see. Um, and Hunter Brown, he's a cherry bomb. He went against the Orioles. Yep. I don't know if it's something you want to chase against the Mariners. If he has his good breaking balls, then that's great. Um, That's really it. That's all I've got. Like, we just don't know if he's going to have the command that we want. If he has it against the Mariners, it will, you know, it'll be good. He probably will get a win in that case. That's going to be a ridiculous series, though. My gosh. I mean, that AL West challenge, battle, whatever you want to call it, is insane right now. Uh, I don't think I want to go for Hunter Brown um, in those uh, next week against the Mariners. Okay. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. We have Kevin Gosman, George Kirby, Kodai Senga, Logan Webb, Merrill Kelly, Bobby Miller, Justin Steele, Hunter Ground, and Yuri Ground? Hunter Green. That's a mix of Hunter Brown and Hunter Green. Um <laughs> Hunter Breen and Hunter Ground. No, Hunter Green and Yuri Perez in that auto start tier. Uh, probable start tier is Seth Lugo, Lucas Giolito, who gets the Royals and he's not a lefty. Uh, Aaron Savoli against the Angels. Bailey Ober inside of Cincinnati. I don't really care since he's not good uh, at home, believe it or not. Kyle Bradish, I'm going with because the stuff is still just so good. He's on such a good roll. I don't care. I'm doing it against the Houston Astros. That's probable, but it's not It's not auto, but yeah, I'm doing it. And Michael King and Mitch Keller against tough opponents as King gets the Jays and Keller against the Cubs. I think, like Bradish, both of them are doing well enough Then I'm going to go for it. Questionable start to you have Brian Bayou, who's coming off of a peak start of 10 strikeouts, but it's against the Rangers, and that strikeout performance was with the sinker and changeup and nothing else that really developed, which is the same guy that we've known through the years, so... I'm not buying that that strikeout performance will continue. Reed Detmers gets the raise. He just flashed a new changeup, and that might be good. But this is more of an indication that the questionable start tier is not good at all. Uh, Aaron Nola gets Atlanta, and he's been a cherry bomb. Christian Javier is a cherry bomb against the Orioles. You have Adrian Hauser against St. Louis. No, thank you. He's our stream pick of the day because I can't choose anyone else. And you can go like five, six innings and just pump those fastballs in there and get fortunate, but I don't want to really do it. Zach Thompson's on the other side. He was the former streamer before, became Adrian Hauser, not Wade Miley today. Wade Miley's going tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Zach Thompson, it's an interesting three-pitch mix. I've considered him a mini Kershaw with it being a fastball cutter that's really a slider and a curveball. Big curveball there. But we haven't really seen him get into a groove yet, so I'd be a little bit careful against the Brewers, who have actually been kind of good. Um, Bryce Elder against the Phillies, unfortunately. Uh, you have John Gray, who has not looked good those last two starts against the Red Sox. 
and John Gray generally is a hot slash cold guy. So if he's cold, you want to avoid. And Josiah Gray against the White Sox. I do recognize that those guys could produce. Thus, they're in the questionable start, but it's very low of a chance to me. And they do not start. Look, Reese Olsen, I dig him, but it's the Dodgers. I just cannot go after that. Uh, it's far too risky. I think that the floor is just too low to go with the Reese Olsen, especially if he doesn't have his changeup working. Um, and then you have to say, okay, then is the fastball doing well? Because the slider will be there, but the fastballs need to be inside and the changeup needs to be good as a low um, with offering. Jesse Schultons will be opened for by Michael Kopech against the Nationals. I do not care. Chase Anderson is in San Diego against the Padres. There's an outside chance, but no thank you. Joey Estes is making his MLB debut for Oakland and is not someone to focus on um, against the Mariners. And then you have Zach Greinke against the Guardians, and Greinke does what Greinke does. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. You have Garrett Cole, Tarek Skubal, Zach Eflin, Grayson Rodriguez, Ma- uh, Max Fried, and Jose Barrios. Max Fried's actually at the bottom of this auto start here. Why? Because he had a hot spot on his finger that essentially says he is, is almost growing a blister. And they said that they caught it early, which is good. So it didn't form into a blister. However, I imagine Atlanta is going to be careful with Max Fried. So we're hoping for five innings. I think if you have Max Fried, you're going to start him because it won't be detrimental. But it won't be necessarily that six, seven inning game that we want to see from Max Fried because I think Atlanta just has no reason to push Fried here. Probable start here. You have Kyle Hendricks and Ranger Suarez. Hendricks gets the Pirates, and that's just a lovely safe start. And then you have Ranger Suarez against the Mets. He's in a good uh, rhythm right now. The Mets aren't that good. Questionable start here. Our stream pick of the day is Griffin Canning against the Rays. That's a solid strikeout play, but the ratios might be tough considering that Griffin Canning is a high hit per nine guy. It's close to one an inning, which is not good for your whip. So as long as he has his secondaries that he can throw over 70% of the time, there's a good chance of him um, hopefully being underneath that uh, 117 whip. But we'll see here. Uh, Wade Miley against the Cardinals is very boring. The ceiling is not very high. However, uh, he can go five, six innings and maybe get a win here um, without many strikeouts, of course. Emmett Sheehan against the Giants. I wish I could put this higher, but I just don't know how many in- innings he's going to go. He's just gone twice of five innings since the start of July. I can say the sentence better. It's been only two starts since the start of July that Emma Sheen has gone five innings. My point of that is hopefully the Dodgers will let him go. This was initially playing Kershaw, but obviously they're playing it slow with him. And I imagine the Dodgers should just let him go. Please let Emma Sheen start for a while here. This could be a very good start or it could just be three, four innings. I don't know against the Giants. It's an interesting dart throw play here. Yohan Aviedo against the Cubs. He's a cherry bomb, and you have David Peterson, who has had these two strikeout games, which are great, but they were in different ways. There was 10 whiffs on the four-seamer upstairs in the previous one, and then all of a sudden he went 8 for 12 whiffs on his slider with precise locations on it. Um, His last one, and this is the Phillies, and it just makes it seem very unbelievable, or uh, I'm just very skeptical that that strikeout rate can maintain itself when it's in two different skill sets that were not there independently in each start, right? And it's the Phillies, so no thank you. Do not start here. Zayvon Curry against the Orioles. Luis Medina against the Tigers, which on paper seems okay. But then again, the Orioles have been doing a lot of this piggybacking stuff of having guys going three, four innings among all the young guys. When does Luis Medina go? Is he open for? Is he not? Will he have his slider? Will he have anything else to support the slider? All of it is just, okay, I'm just not touching it. And the win chance, I don't even know anyway. Miles Michaelis against the Brewers. You just don't want to go with Miles Michaelis. Ross Stripling might be actually getting a proper start, but I don't know how many pitches that is. And is against the Dodgers? No, thank you. And Jake Irvin against Atlanta? Absolutely not. That is it for today. Also, if you want to check out just the general rankings of everybody throughout the week, go check out the list. That is what that is. Obviously, it's not updated because we already have changes 
uh, on Wednesday, even though I did that on Monday night. Still, we have all of the team schedules there, so you can kind of slot them in and figure out who it would be. And then I have the general rankings of them um, based on those matchups later on in that article. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for subscribing and leaving a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify. Those go so far for us. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I'm your Babis below, and your strikeouts high.